God, thank you for this chance to, uh, to meet in person. God, I pray that this last night of our series, God, is this one that's focused on you and on, on your word and um, uh, what it means to, to walk humbly and how there's people in our lives, people we've seen, people we've heard about that have, have walked humbly with you, God. May we just I'll learn from their example and may we learn from the ultimate example uh, in your son. In my prayer. Amen. All right, so uh, this is our final week of our more than a hashtag um, series. Like since we're doing something different, uh, that, that's what he said starting next week. So speaking of hashtags, I'm going to tell you about a, uh, a hashtag that I have a major love-hate relationship with. And that's, Joey's in my way. There we go. The humble brag. You guys know what a humble brag is? Does anybody know what a humble brag is? Has anybody ever heard of the word humble brag? No. Fantastic. So here you go. Humble brags are those things that you may see on social media. Um, it's, what, it's what you do when you really want to brag about yourself, but you, want, you don't want to look like a jerk. And so you turn your brag into a compliment or a funny observation. And so here are some examples of some humble brags. Totally walked down the wrong escalator at the airport from the flashes of the cameras. Go me. People taking pictures of them. See that? It's a humble brag. Yeah, y'all. It's like, is humble brag? Is it going over your head? Is it a little too deep? Yeah. Spazler, I tripped walking upstairs to stage to receive my Oscar nominee certificate. So they're trying to make light of themselves, but they're saying, "Look at me! I made fool myself. I tripped on stage, but I got an Oscar." Okay, it's a humble brag. Trying to look humble, but they're throwing in a nice little brag there. At the end. Yeah, I just realized I've only showered in one of my five showers since I moved in here. This must change. That's a lot of showers. Humble brag. Only showered in one of their five. I'm watching the UCLA and Florida game in amazement because I performed in the same arena where they are playing now and sold out. Hashtag God is good. Thanks. Cool, Kevin Hart. Thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, I, just, I just did something very selfless. That's why they're posting about it. But more importantly, it was genuine, and I know it means a lot to the person in the long run. Hashtag so worth it. I feel like Jesus says something about doing this kind of thing in the Bible. About if you're giving, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Something like that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, those are some humble brags. So have you ever been guilty of a humble brag? You know, the person writing a humble brag, they usually think that they're being humble, but the rest of us know exactly what they're doing. They're, they're just bragging. And according to a recent study from researchers at Harvard and the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, these humble brags, they're not really fooling anybody. Uh, we can see through each other's humble brags instantly, and they're, they're annoying, I think. Um, and so, has anybody ever done this before? Anybody? Nobody? Oh, we have... Maybe not like on social media, but maybe you said something to a friend or in a conversation with somebody. I don't brag and go over it. You what? You do. I don't brag and just go over it. He's like, I'm the most humble person in this room. Yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah, yeah, that's totally. Yeah. So humble. And so we all know what a humble brag is here. We looked at some examples. And it seems like we all know 
what bragging is, because we like to talk about ourselves. But what about being humble? So what, is it, what does it mean to be humble? Anybody want to throw out an answer? To not recognize the ability. To not recognize the ability that you have. Okay. All right. Somebody else. What does it mean to be humble? To not bring all the attention onto yourself, yeah? Any, any ladies want to answer? It's okay if y'all. Okay. But the topic of humility would have been a good way to start this series here on justice. But I think it's also a good way to end this series. Remember, justice, we talk about every single week. Justice is to make wrong things right. So what do justice and humility have to do with each other? If injustice is on one end of the spectrum, humility is on the other. They're sort of kind of opposites. So injustice happens when people behave out of selfishness, arrogance, or pride, or greed. And when those things exist, people tend to get hurt, and injustice tends to take place. But when people act from a place of, of mercy and love and humility... Justice tends to follow. So people who are humble tend to make wrong things right more than people who are selfish, right? That just seems to, that's just logical, common sense kind of a thing. So for the last few weeks, we've been reading a passage of Scripture that I just want to talk about one more time. If, <coughs> if you have that Bible app, uh, the notes are in there already. You guys should be able to see that. Micah 6, 8 is where we're going to be. It says, He has showed you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So today we're going to focus on two words uh, of this, this passage, and that is walk humbly. So we've talked about the other parts already, the um, act justly and love mercy. Now we're talking about to walk humbly. So then how? How are we to walk humbly? And how can walking humbly help bring about justice by righting wrong things in the world? So like our definition of mercy from a couple of weeks ago, the definition of humility and the answer to the question is embodied in, in the person of Jesus and who Jesus was. In Philippians chapter 2, it, it's one of my favorite passages about Jesus. I'm um, written by you know, someone who wasn't by, like not one of the Gospels, but a different part. I love it. Philippians 2, starting in verse 3. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. We do that all the time, don't we? We always count people better than us. Yeah. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Again, we have no problem looking out for other people more than us, right? In verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he, Jesus, was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
So, so to get this, Jesus, where was Jesus before he came to earth? Very simple question. Where was Jesus before he came here? He was in heaven. That's, that's a softball. You guys should be hitting home runs on that one. Come on. So he left his place at the throne of God. And he, he humbled himself by coming to earth and living. And it says in scripture that it says, he, I mean, he, he died a sinner's death. He took on the form of a human and he suffered the shame of a criminal. Even though he once never sinned. That's kind of a big deal. So Jesus' motivation for doing this was, was the salvation of you and I and the redemption of you and I. And so he put our needs above his own comfort. He put his own needs above his status. Because he could have tried to do things. He could have tried, he, you know, it says there in, when he's praying there in the garden of Gethsemane, he could have, it says he could have, he prayed to God, God, if possible, take this cup from me. But he did what was required of him. He didn't put his own interests because what he was going to go through was not going to be easy, right? I mean, if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, that's a, a movie, but it's, it's hard to watch that scene. And if he knew what was about to come, and he still, he still chose us instead of saying, no, God, you find a different way. So Jesus' death and resurrection, they served as the ultimate act of mercy, the ultimate act of justice, and the ultimate act of humility. So Jesus' death and resurrection... Um, Served as the ultimate act, uh, and so the death and resurrection was an act of mercy. It was went too fast because it gave us the opportunity to be spared from the punishment that you and I deserve. Because, like we said the first time, the first week, we talked about this. We deserve the punishment for our sin, correct? Like, if you did an offense, if you stole something, or if you committed a crime, you would normally pay for the offense, right? Whatever the crime was, you would normally have to, you know, if you're guilty of it, you have to pay whatever the Penalties, whether that be money or time served, whatever you, you got, right? That makes sense. And so, because of our sin, our separation from God, we should have been the ones to die. That should have been our penalty. That that was what was due us because of us. But Jesus said, "No, I I, I got this for you." His sacrifice was an act of justice because through it, He restored everyone who puts their trust in Him to a right place with God. Jesus writes all of our wrongs. You guys need to be smiling a little bit more. I just told you guys the best thing you're going to hear ever in your life. And you're looking at me like, no. I mean, you guys, you guys paying attention, you guys can hear me? Okay? This is kind of a big deal. And his sacrifice was an act of humility. Because through it, he put you and me before himself. So for Jesus and for us as well, walking humbly and loving mercy and doing justice are all connected. So if we are to do these three things that are found in Micah 6.8, we can't do one without the other two. It's not going to happen. All three of those things are connected. You guys got this. So if you're going to act justly, you also need to, to love mercy and to do justice. If you're going to love mercy, you need to do justice and walk humbly. They're all connected. So while Jesus is the best earthly example that we've ever had for loving mercy and acting justly and walking humbly with God. There's one other person I'd like to introduce you to. Some of you guys probably have no clue who this person is. Some of you guys may have any, some, some idea. Do you guys know who this is? There's a few. Mother Teresa. I think, Lee, Lee was that you? You get, a, you get a gold star that we don't have, but you get one. 
Mother Teresa. If you're not familiar with Mother Teresa, she's a Roman Catholic nun and missionary who was called by God to serve the people of Calcutta, India. She founded the Missionaries of Charity, an organization that cared for dying or for people dying of terrible diseases, uh, fed and clothed the poor, and provided schools and orphanages for children in need. She chose to spend her life living in poverty in order to care for other people. She's a recipient of a Nobel Peace Prize, author of her own autobiography, and is recognized all over the world as an example of the incredible love and mercy of Jesus. If you've never looked into this woman, I encourage you guys maybe just do a little bit of digging uh, when you go home. Not right now. I want you guys to pay attention. But whenever you go home. Because it's, it's a remarkable life that she lived. One that we should, you should know about. And just as Jesus had humbled himself to show mercy on her, Mother Teresa humbled herself to show mercy to people Jesus made and loved, but who were experiencing a great injustice. A reporter once interviewed Mother Teresa and asked her, what is God's greatest gift to you? Let me, okay, I'm going to pause. I'm gonna, I want to ask you that question. What is God's greatest gift to you? And I want you to answer that. Like, give me some answers. What is God's greatest gift to you? Life. Life. Salvation. Salvation. What else? What is God's greatest gift to you? Forgiveness. I'm not going to make fun of you saying it's the wrong answer. I, I'm looking for it because I encourage you guys to speak. It's okay. It's encouraged. Personally, grandparents. Grandparents. Personally, grandparents. Yeah. What else? What is God's greatest gift to you? The what? Food. Food to eat. You need to live, right? You need food to live. Tacos. I could say tacos. It would be good. And so, so Mother Teresa was asked, what is God's greatest gift to you? <coughs> and her answer was the poor people. A little confused by her answer because I would be too. Um, Mother Teresa, the reporter asked further, how are they, the poor people, a gift to you, Mother Teresa? And she said this, I have an opportunity to be 24 hours a day with Jesus. I have an opportunity to be 24 hours a day with Jesus. Meaning, when she's with these poor people, because of how she's living her life and, and walking humbly, she's walking with Jesus the entire day. Because of how she's serving these people. And that's what she said is God's greatest gift to her. And so how could Mother Teresa and others carry on with the difficult work of caring for the poorest of the poor and sickest of the sick in the slums of Calcutta? And she also said this, We try to pray through our work by doing it with Jesus, for Jesus, to Jesus. That helps us put our whole heart and soul into doing it. The dying, the crippled, the mentally ill, the unwanted, the unloved, they are Jesus in disguise. She's also quoted as saying, Not all of us can do great things, but we can all do small things with love. That's all I'm asking of you guys. Uh, we're going to read a passage in Matthew 25, um, 31. In this passage, Jesus paints a picture of what it could look like to love mercy, and to act justly, and to walk humbly with God. And I, I believe it's a passage that Mother Teresa took very seriously. I feel like I, we, we skipped one. No, nope, maybe we did. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, 
and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep uh, on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to the, one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, did not welcome me, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick in a prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty, or stranger or naked or sick in prison, and did not minister to you? Then now you'll answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, did not do it to me. And these will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Like I said, I, I, I believe Mother Teresa took this passage of Scripture very seriously. Here's another quote. Mother Teresa, I see Jesus in every human being. I say to myself, this is hungry Jesus. <clears throat> I must feed him. This is sick Jesus. This one has leprosy or gangrene. I must wash him and tend to him. I serve because I love Jesus. Mother Teresa certainly dedicated her life to serving the least of these. Jesus told us to humble ourselves in order to serve the most desperate, most overlooked, and unloved of his creation. Mother Teresa committed her life to doing just that. So like Mother Teresa, our ability to humble ourselves is connected to our ability to receive the gift of Jesus, who humbled himself for us. So when you truly experience God's love and his mercy, you will be so humbled that you will want to extend that same love and mercy to other people. You can walk more humbly with others when you remember how God mercifully walks with you. You can walk more humbly with others when you remember what Jesus did on the cross for you. You can walk more humbly with other people when you look for the face of Jesus in everyone you meet. But especially in the faces of the poor, the sick, the oppressed, and the marginalized. You can walk more humbly with others when you remember that apart from him you can do no good thing. John 15 says, Abide in me. And I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, he it is that I bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So as we close out this series on justice, we're going to take a few moments to kind of reflect on the greatest act of justice that the world has ever seen. The sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us. Because we know remembering the mercy of Jesus will help us be more merciful with other people. And so we're going to reflect on and remember the sacrifice he made for us. 
And so as we remember what Jesus did for us, I want you guys to pray and think and help to pray that God would help, help you walk humbly with him and to walk humbly alongside the least of these, the people who bear his image. So it's a, it's a video, um, some scenes from a TV show and a song, and then uh, we'll come back and, and close it. Tell me who you are. I am the king of the Jews.
the last four weeks, we've spent time exploring how we can approach justice, not as another hashtag or trendy social media campaign, but as a lifelong mission of making wrong things right in the name of Jesus. So we set our journeys toward justice start when we decide to do something. We said God's heart for justice is less about punishment and more about showing mercy. And we talked about the many ways that we change our behavior in order to act more justly. And today we close this conversation with a reminder to follow Jesus', Jesus example and to walk humbly with God. In these last four weeks, I hope you, you guys have been challenged to let God use you to make wrong things right. And I hope you take his invitation to join him on his mission in the world. Because I promise you, he's saying, come on, let's do it. He's, he's wanting you to be a part of this. I know the mission of bringing justice to the least of these can, only, can feel overwhelming. But I believe God has not only called you, <clears throat> but he's also equipped you to do every good work that he has designed for you to do. So do something. Love mercy. Act justly. And walk humbly with your God. You have no idea how much God can and will do through you. God, thank you for this, this series. God, what it means to, to walk with you and to, to be with you. And we see what it, Scripture says you require of us, God. And it's to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you. God, may that be who we become, who we are. And I pray these kids are challenged to live that stuff out, to make a difference in their world and their community. God, I pray for uh, the next little bit of time in our small groups. God, I pray that they're challenged just to go a little bit deeper to, to talk and share. God, I pray that they, they open up and they'll, they'll share, they'll answer questions, God, and they'll, uh, they'll find ways to change the world. In your name I pray. Amen.